Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, vehicles not made on this earth. That's correct, vehicles not made on this earth. Now the first article we look at comes from the dailymail.com.uk and it's written by Francis Mulraney, July 24th, 2020. The article says, Pentagon's UFO department was not disbanded in 2012, as stated, and could now give public reports every six months amid claims it found vehicles not made on this earth. Wow, that is earth-shattering, if I don't say so myself. The bullet points below the article say the Pentagon's UFO department can now be forced to give reports to the public every six months. The Senate Intelligence Committee last month called for greater transparency from the secret unit. Lawmakers said they support the efforts of the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. The move confirmed that such a program still exists. In 2017, the Pentagon admitted funding a UFO program, but said it ended in 2012. Officials who worked for the program have confirmed it continued. They also say it discovered objects, quote, we couldn't make ourselves and off-world vehicles not made on this earth, unquote. So there you have it in a nutshell. Top secret programs in the Defense Department just there to track UFOs, or as they like to call them, UAPs. They lied to us about it. They've lied to pretty much everybody about it. But now when Congress gets them under oath, the Senate, they finally come clean a little bit. And according to this most recent Senate Intelligence Committee hearing, the public is supposed to believe that the same people that have been lying to you for the last eight years are suddenly going to come clean and begin presenting you with UFO reports every six months. I have my doubts, but let's take a look at what this author has to say. In, it, quote, information on mysterious encounters with unidentified serial objects has formerly only been discussed in classified briefings and Pentagon officials are still not at liberty to discuss the program which deals with classified matters. The new calls for greater transparency come as officials who previously worked with the unit reveal some of the objects discovered on their investigations were items humans couldn't make ourselves and vehicles not made on this earth. I guess that kind of eliminates the possibility that is the Russians or the Chinese. The article continues. It says, Last month, U.S. Senators demanded to see the Pentagon's UFO files as they pushed for influence over the secretive Navy program. Okay, I want you to notice that a lot of this stuff is centered there in that little beehive in the Navy, the Navy Office of Intelligence. The Senate Intelligence Committee wanted defense chiefs to publish a report on the Pentagon's UFO program and phenomena it observes. The committee says it supports the effort of the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, appearing to confirm that such a program still exists. In 2017, the Pentagon acknowledged funding a secret multi-million dollar program named the Advanced Aerospace Threat identification program to investigate UFO sightings, although defense chiefs claimed it had ended in 2012. 
Now keep that thought in mind. Remember, this is that that secretive organization called ATIP. Remember who was ahead of that? Louis Elizondo, now a partner with uh, Tom DeLong and crew. Just keep that in your mind. We go down a little ways here, we see it says it was determined that there were other high-priority issues that merited funding, and it was in the best interest of the DOD to make a change, a spokeswoman said at the time. But the Pentagon had been less clear about whether the UFO program continued to hover somewhere in the vast universe of the U.S. defense establishment. The DOT, quote, the DOT takes seriously all threats and potential threats to our people, our assets, and our mission, and takes action whenever credible information is developed, the spokesman, spokeswoman said. People who worked with the UFO program through to 2017 and beyond have now confirmed to the New York Times that it continued to exist, but under a different name and a different office. Well, here we go. New boss, same as the old boss. The program first began in 2007 under the Defense Intelligence Agency, but has now moved to the Office of Naval Intelligence, there, where last month the Senate Intelligence Committee revealed it to be called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. You have to wonder if these little beehives of activity aren't moved around intentionally so it's more difficult for senators and congressmen to find them. Just a thought. It says, it no longer has to hide in the shadows, Louis Elizondo, a former military intelligence official and program's previous director, told the New York Times. Okay, I'm going to try not to just like break out in hysterical laughter. And I'm going to read Louis's quote one more time. Quote, it no longer has to hide in the shadows. Unquote. Louis El- Louis Elizondo, a former military intelligence officer and the program's previous director, told the New York Times. Now, isn't that sweet? Isn't that just lovely? Because do you remember the story about the three videos? I've told it a thousand times on this podcast, complaining about how these videos were released by the Navy. You have two. Two separate incidences, remember, one off Catalina Island with the uh, Nimitz Battle Carrier Group in 2014-15, I believe. And then the one in 2007, I believe, over there on the East Coast with the USS Roosevelt, the big aircraft carrier. Both of these situations involved cockpit video of UFOs. And now we know we didn't get the good version. They, They have pretty much told us that we've got the kiddie version. But we know specifically that when it happened in the Nimitz Battle Carrier Group, that after all that stuff was collected by uh, Friver and um, I can't remember the other pilot's name, that that all that information from the cockpit, all that information, all that all that visual data from the radar room, how that was put on a what they call a brick, kind of like a giant memory stick. And how a couple of men in black basically came in and took that 
visual data and left. And that's what, 2014, 15, whatever it was. And then a couple years later, this stuff all turns up at the New York Times. We have no idea how it got there anonymously at the New York Times. And then it goes from the New York Times to Louis Elizondo. Here, here, Louis, have this. The New York Times gives him this. And then him and Tom DeLonge and the group post all this stuff on YouTube with that giant, hideous watermark attached to the video that you still probably see today when you Google this thing. Just type in FLIR video or Tic Tac video or Gimbal video on YouTube. And there's about a 50% chance that you're going to come up with that video that To the Academy of Stars released with their giant watermark on it. But here in this article, we are presented with Louis Elizondo as if he's just some sort of cat off the street, man. Hey, Louis, how you doing? Louis Elizondo ran a tip. Ran, this is a serious individual. He ran a tip. And then they threw him under the bus when he came out. But now his friends from the New York Times quote him for this article. Or he's used he's his quote from the from the Times is used here. It's it's like these people are so thick, they're so in bed together that when they're presented to the public, it's just like, oh look at those two strangers talking. No, the New York Times are the people that gave Elizondo the cockpit videos, the ones we're all talking about with the UFO videos, they gave that to him. And they've never been held to account to, for that. They've never been asked, where did that come from? Why was the chain of custody for this evidence not adhered to? Why does, why does a former head of this ATIP program suddenly come into possession of this, of this UFO video? Why wasn't it posted on on the Navy website or the Defense Department website, the way that NASA does their stuff. What's going on here? What is all this backdoor, revolving door stuff happening? That's the question that's not getting asked or answered here, and it's frustrating. The article goes on, it says, The Senate's focus on the program stems less out of concern over extraterrestrials, however, and more from the threat posted by real-world real U.S. adversaries such as China. Wake up. Do you think that they were that stupid? They just told you that they've discovered vehicles that could not have been made. Could not have been created here on Earth. We're not talking about Chinese. It's like Mario Rubio saying that it somehow it would be less of a concern if it was from uh, ETs. Are you mad? That's the worst possible scenario is that this stuff is extraterrestrial or interdimensional and it has bad intentions. That's the worst possible scenario. We know how to deal with other people. We do not have a clue how to deal with some civilization that could be light years ahead of us or some interdimensional force that could be demonic. We don't have a clue. That's Of course, that's a thousand times more concerning. But every time you read one of these articles, they want to downplay it. Well, you know, 
it looks like a UFO. It's going about 10,000 miles an hour. And I really don't think that a human being could ever withstand those kind of G-forces. But it can't be ET. It's got to be the Russians or the Chinese. Honestly, the Chinese, do you think that we'd even be around to talk about this right now if the Chinese had that kind of a technology available to them? They hate you. Not the Chinese people, per se, but the Chinese Communist Party. If they had that kind of technology at their disposal, the United States would have ceased to exist in its current form a long time ago. It goes on and says, The U.S. is particularly worried about China's espionage capabilities, including uses of drones and other aerial technologies. Earlier in July, Florida Senator Marco Rubio, the acting chairman of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, told CBS that he was concerned about unidentified aircraft flying over U.S. military bases. He claimed that China or Russia may have made some technological leap that allows them to conduct this sort of activity. Maybe there is a completely sort of boring explanation for it. But we need to find out, he added. Okay, I'm going to stop here for a second. We just talked about this, uh, what, two days ago on the podcast, about the, about that short two and a half or so minute interview with Marco Rubio. I took the time to transcribe the verbiage in that video and we read it. We read it, read it over and over again on the podcast. And they're making it seem here like Rubio... Uh, has just blown off the whole notion that these things could be extraterrestrial or ID or whatever. That's not at all how Rubio presented himself. I thought he actually did a pretty good job. He was trying to be open-minded about it without giving too much away. But he was considering all the possibilities. He was really approaching this as a pretty rational person, although he did seem a little shook up to me at points, which I suppose would be normal if he's read some of the classified information that he probably has read. But you can see the slant here in this article. They're really downplaying the ET ID uh, aspect of it. It goes on, it says, he claimed that China or Russia may have made some technological leap that allows them to conduct this sort of activity. Maybe there is a completely sort of boring explanation for it, but we need to find out, he added, the UFO program is responsible for collection and reporting of an unidentified aerial phenomenon. Any links they have to adversarial foreign governments and the threat they pose to the U.S. military assets and installations. Well, he's being a little open-minded. He's thinking, read between the lines, what he's telling you. These things could be ET, they could be ID, but if they are, we're concerned that maybe they've formed some kind of alliance with the Chinese or the Russians. That is a valid concern. The Sen- <clears throat> but senators said the information sharing had been inconsistent. It's a very nice way of saying the deep state's not telling us what we need to know. And called for a detailed report on the program's progress and any phenomena it observes. The provision is part of the 2021 Intelligence Authorization Bill, If it passes, the Pentagon will have 180 days to submit a report to Congress. Yet, despite the push from Senators for Intelligence on U.S. adversaries, there are reports that that the unit may have discovered some items in its investigation 
that are more extraterrestrial. Here we go, getting to the good part. Elizondo is among those who told the New York Times that he believed objects of undetermined origin have been found during the study. Let me rephrase this uh, sentence for you in the way that it should have been written. Former ATIP chief, former high-level Defense Department employee, current for-profit UFO company, company associate, who somehow miraculously came into possession of three very interesting Navy UFO videos. Louis Elizondo is among those who told the New York Times that he believed objects of undetermined origin have been found during the study. There you go. Do you see this incestuous back-and-forth relationship going on? New York Times gives Louis Elizondo, former ATEP chief, luscious Navy UF videos, which then can be monetized by the for-profit UFO company he now belongs to. Then, Louis Elizondo gives New York Times juicy interview. You wash my hand, I'll wash yours. goes on and says, it says it, but I think they mean in. In some cases, an earthly explanation had been found, and even when one, and even when one isn't, experts say that it does not make an extra, ex, extraterrestrial explanation more likely. They've always got to put a little bit of dog poop on the cheeseburger. You got that? Here's a little bit of dog poop to go with your cheeseburger. In some cases, okay, that's very qualitative. That's not quantitative. They're not telling you which cases. They're just throwing it out there. They're sowing weeds into your garden. An earthly explanation, that could be about anything, couldn't it? Had been found. Well, that must mean everything. And even when one isn't, there you go. Eliminate all the other possibilities. Go back to sleep. Experts. Who would those experts be? The jack wagons you see on uh, the History Channel? The debunkers that are getting paid ten dollars $20,000 to show up in a studio and say that UFOs are crap? Those experts? What's the expertise? That it does not make any extraterrestrial explanation more likely. Yes, we've got to get that in there. Now, it goes on here. It says, Harry Reid the former Senate Majority Leader who pushed for the initial creation of the UFO program, said crashes, said crashes of objects of unknown origin may have occurred and should be retrieved and investigated. That sounds to me like Harry Reid knows something, but he doesn't want to say too much because he doesn't want to break a secrecy oath. He might end up with more black eyes. That's what I'm thinking. That's what it looks like. I think he knows something. I think he knows something huge. He says, after looking into this, I came to the conclusion that there were reports, some were substantive, some not so substantive, that there were actual materials that the government and the private sector had in their possession. Now, we're going to get to that in just a little bit. We'll talk about Tom DeLong and, and some statements that company made about a year ago. It was extremely important that information about the discovery of physical materials or retrieved craft come out. We couldn't make it ourselves, Eric W. Davis. This is another guy we're going to look at. An astrophysicist 
who previously worked as a consultant on the program, added some of the items. Davis claims he gave a briefing to a Defense Department agency in March about off-world vehicles not made on this earth that have been retrieved. Have been retrieved. This is not something somebody saw on the cockpit video. This is not something that went across the radar screen. This is not a weather balloon. None of that have been retrieved. He told the Times he also gave two other briefings on unidentified objects to Senate committee in October 2019. That's almost a year ago. Why are we just hearing about this stuff now? Can you see how much secrecy and deception surrounds this subject? It's shrouded in darkness. No evidence has been produced, however, with some blame based placed on the constraints of discussing classified material. Well, we saw what the sheep did when you told them that COVID was here. Could you imagine what the sheep would do if you told them that E.T. had showed up and E.T. might not be that nice? You would have absolute mayhem. It says, no evidence has been produced, however, with some blame placed on the constraints of discussing classified material. There have already been moves this year to improve the level of information provided to the public from the UFO Intelligence Unit, a step which was welcomed by Senator Reid. Well, by improving the information provided to the public, does that mean that they're going to give more cool videos to the New York Times so that they can channel them to former deep state employees, can put their big hideous watermark on said videos, make lots and lots of money, and then come out two years later and tell us, oh, by the way, yeah, those are real? Is that what they mean by disclosure? Because if it is, I don't want to eat part of it. Oh, I'm wound up. It goes on, it says, in April this year, the Pentagon released three videos taken by U.S. Navy pilots showing mid-air encounters with unexplained craft. The grainy black and white footage had previously been leaked, and the Navy had acknowledged They were genuine videos. But you know what? Nobody seems to care who leaked it. Wouldn't that seem important to you? If you were investigating a serious murder case or a serious embezzlement case, and suddenly you got information that broke the case, wouldn't you be interested in who gave you that information? Could it be perhaps from a criminal who's trying to frame somebody else? Or perhaps it's just a concerned employee. I don't know, but we never have been told who released this. One of the videos was shot in November 2004 and the other two in January of 2015. There's your dates. The ones in California were 2015. The one off the East Coast was 2004. And one, a weapon sensor operator appears to lose lock on a rapidly moving object, which seconds later suddenly accelerates away to the left and out of view. In another video, in another video, which is tracking an object above the clouds, one pilot wonders if it is a drone. Yeah, not likely. That's what this. I'm, I'm telling you, the 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 drone excuse is the new swamp gas. Okay, we went through this with those FAA reports, I, and I'm telling you, pilots are afraid to report UFOs. I mean, I I know a pilot. He won't even talk about it. He gets this angry, irritated look on his face if you even bring up. The word UFO, because he knows. And in one, a weapons sensor operator appears to lose a lock on a rapidly moving object, 
which seconds later suddenly accelerates away to the left and out of view. And another video, which is tracking an object above the clouds. One pilot wonders if it is a drone. The Defense Department said it was releasing the videos in order to clear up any misconceptions by the public on whether or not the footage that has been circulating was real or whether or not there is more to the videos. Well, yeah, there was some uncertainty about those videos, Defense Department. And that's because somehow they got out of your evidence room into the hand of the New York Times. Into the hand of Louis Elizondo, where they were rebranded. So yeah, we were we were little, we were just a little little tiny bit uncertain about that. But now that you've released those same videos with that same total crap quality from like 1940, yeah, we're totally convinced now that that's what they look like. We're not at all concerned about the reality of what we're seeing because the Navy has already come out and told us if they showed us the actual pictures, it would it would just pretty much level national security. Because then the Chinese and the Russians would know. Well, I think they probably already know. But then the Americans would know the kind of super high-tech, amazing stuff the military has had for 15 or 20 years. And that they're not sharing with us. Probably makes your cell phone look like a brick. It goes on and says, The aerial phenomenons observed in the videos... Remain characterized as unidentified, the Pentagon said. Retired U.S. Navy pilot David Fravor, who saw one of the UFOs in 2004, said the object had been moving erratically. As I got close to it, it it rapidly accelerated to the south and disappeared. In less than two seconds, Fravor told CNN in 2017, this was an extremely, this was extremely abrupt like a ping-pong ball bouncing off a wall. It would hit and go the other way. Former Nevada Senator Harry Reid, whose state hosts the top-secret Area 51 Air Force facility, welcomed release of the videos. I'm glad the Pentagon is finally releasing this footage, but it only scratches the surface of research and materials available, he tweeted. The U.S. needs to make a serious scientific look at this and any potential national security implications. The American people deserve to be informed. Now, that article is posted at the uh, UFO Warning Twitter account over on UFO Warning. Get there by going to at Warning Sub UFO. And I want to look at one other article. I know this is going on. It's uh, The podcast is running a little long. But I was curious. I'm kind of curious about stuff like this. So I Google the name Eric Davis. I think it's actually Eric W. Davis. And I come up with an article from July 20th, 2013, almost exactly seven years ago, on HuffPost. Now, they do some good work here. And this is by Lee Spiegel. And Spiegel did some, in my opinion, some top-notch, you know, off-the-cuff UFO writing. I mean, it's just the stuff's great. And he seems like, he seems like one of those kind of cool UFO, UFO guys that you would like to meet. You know, just just a cool dude. The title says, it's under, it's under the weird news headline, and this is also linked at UFO Warning. The title says, Eric Davis, physicist, explains why scientists won't discuss their UFO interest. Now remember, this is from seven years ago. They're not flattening the curve when it comes to UFO data. Okay, no curve flattening. 
very steep curve. They're going to make sure it's a while before you find out about what's going on. It says, for a very long time, the scientific community has been wary of studying UFOs, and the scientists themselves hesitate to talk about their beliefs of unexplained aerial phenomena. But that attitude is changing, and many scientists are joining the discussion without fear of ridicule. UFOs are real phenomena. They are artificial objects under intelligent control. They're definitely the craft of a supremely advanced technology, says physicist Eric Davis, a researcher of light-speed travel. Wow. Kind of getting an idea what these guys are interested in now? Davis, a research physicist at the Institute for Advanced Studies in Austin, studies propulsion physics, which he hopes will one day allow humans to travel easily and quickly through our galactic neighborhood. He's aware of the public perception, mostly from skeptics and debunkers, that no legitimate scientist would ever touch the subject of UFOs. Quote, They're wrong, naive, stubborn, narrow-minded, afraid, and fearful. It's a dirty word and a forbidden topic. Science is about open-minded inquiry. You shouldn't be laughing off people. You should show more deference and respect to them. Scientists need to get back to using the scientific method to study things that are unknown and unusual, and the UFO subject is one of them. Wow, sounds like a perfectly rational, intelligent guy. Now, he's the guy, right here we're talking about this Davis fellow, he's the guy that shows up at those hearings or wherever and says, hey, excuse me, uh, the Defense Department has evidence of otherworldly vehicles. I think we've got a couple of them in the crash unit back there. That's the guy we're talking to right here. Davis is one of several scientists who are presenting their views this weekend on a variety of UFO-related topics at the 2013 MUFON Symposium in Las Vegas. The physicist, who recently won an award from the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics for his study, quote, faster-than-light space warps, status, and next steps, unquote, knows many colleagues who quietly study UFOs. There are scientists who are aware of evidence and an observational data that is not refutable. It is absolutely corroborated using forensic techniques and methodology, but they won't come out and publicize that because they fear it, not the subject. They fear the backlash from their professional colleagues. The impact on their career might be detrimental and they'd get bad publicity. It's not, accept, it's not an acceptable funded line of research. The National Science Foundation does not accept UFOs as a subject of scientific study. It may come as a surprise that many scientists have been interested in UFOs for decades. For 20 years, astronomer J. Allen Hynek was a U.S. Air Force scientific consultant on UFOs during its famous, or some would say infamous, Project Blue Book UFO study that ended in 1969. And then it has some videos here. And then it goes on, it says, Davis believes that the domain for UFO investigations doesn't really belong in the hands of scientists. It's a domain of military intelligence, he suggests. Well, he was working for him, it sounds like. The fact that unknown craft are flying around Earth is not a subject for science. It's a subject for intelligence gathering, collection, and analysis. That's because UFOs are not a natural phenomena, and that's what science studies. Wow. 
They've been looking at these things as a threat for a very long time. That's just a short little article that Lee did there, but it connects this Davis fellow with what's going on currently with ATIP. How they've told you that the program doesn't exist. How they've given copies of this evidence to people uh, outside the normal chain of command, the normal chain of custody. And then we end up with strange things like this article here. Let me see if we can get to it. Just give me about, about one second here. It involves the great Tom DeLong and company. Now this one comes right here. Team of Alien Hunters. This goes back to 2019, I think. Yes. September 20th, 2019. Now, I'm not going to read the whole article because we covered this before in the podcast, but I just want to bring it up so we can tie this all in together. Who these actors are. I think we could almost say deep state actors. You have Luis Elizondo, the former head of ATIP. You have this Mr. Davis here, this super intelligent guy who's doing research for the Defense Department. And he's also speaking at MUFON meetings. Seems like a pretty straight guy. Extremely intelligent, it's obvious. This article from Fox News, October, no, excuse me, September 20th, 2019, and it's updated from uh, from a few days before, I guess September 30th, it says. Team of alien hunters, led by Blink-182 co-founder, claims to have found UFO material that's unknown to scientists. Now, that would lead me to believe that either they got this stuff from a crash site, uh, directly from wherever the government was involved in before the government scientists got it, or probably more likely, this is something they picked up from a crash site, maybe in some foreign country or from some time ago that hadn't been actually recognized by U.S. scientists. They just got it from the landowner, whoever possibly. I don't know. It's not real clear. It says a band of alien hunters led by an ex-punk rocker claimed they found evidence of UFOs. The U.S. organization bankrolled by former Blink-182 singer Tom DeLonge says it's acquired exotic material from what could be an alien spacecraft. DeLonge, from California, co-founded the group to the the Stars Academy of Arts and Science in 2017 with the goal of researching extraterrestrials. The team most famously most famously turfed up classified footage of UFOs recorded by the American pilots that were confirmed as real by the U.S. Navy earlier this month. Now, that's getting back into that whole um, videos from these two battle carrier groups. How did Tom end up with them? I, I think it's a fair question. I really do. I had the feeling that if I ended up with those things, or maybe if a lot of my listeners ended up with those things, um, our broadcast would be coming from Gitmo right now, if I could find a cell phone. Not likely. I think it's a fair question. All this time we're hearing about we're hearing about how we're going to get disclosure from you know this uh, Navy Department of Intelligence or whatever task force that's investigating these these UFOs. Well, what we've got so far is misled. I, I think it's wrong. What we've got so far is the the coolest, most relevant, most spectacular UFO videos probably ever shot, and we didn't get those. Those were given to the New York Times who doled them out to the guy that used to run the very department that was supposed to be investigating them. And now they're making money hand over fist with them. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not okay with that. 
I mean, I don't care if they want to start their own company after they leave, after they leave the federal government. That's fine, whatever. But let's just be a little more transparent about how we disperse the next really awesome, cool, high-definition UFO video. That's all I'm asking. And now this comes out today, we read, that not only do they have videos, they've got crashed vehicles. Vehicles not from this world recovered from crashes. It's pretty serious. We have a pretty serious scientist telling us that the federal government has in their possession actual crashed UFO vehicles. And what does what does Marco Rubio get when he asks him about it? Well, Marco gets, pass the law, dude, and talk to me in 180 days. In other words, look at the hand. Look at the hand, Marco. You ain't got nothing. That's what I think. I think it's kind of a, maybe a little bit mean to say it that way. But man, you got to go on somebody's past behavior. And when the past behavior involves them giving videos and evidence serendipitously through so-called media to former employees, I really don't hold out a lot of trust that these guys are going to be bringing out those wrecked UFOs and putting them on public display anytime soon. I suppose our best, our best hope will come when one of these well-connected folks ends up with just the most amazing cell phone, video camera, headset, car battery, you name it, whatever. Whatever kind of technology they decide to leak into our society in order to maybe slow down the next big banking failure. We can hope. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.